0: Welcome to Thrive, the podcast. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Alex Harvey. Alex is the creator of Money Queen, a course designed especially to help and support women on their money creation journey. Alex created this from her own experience of being employed with a high level of income, only to blow it all when she started her own business. We know employment comes with sick leave and regular wages and basically a steady income in exchange for performing one role or two. So when we move from employment into business, the path comes without any financial security and often with many more roles to perform. The learning curve can be a steep one and uniquely for women, especially in the West, It's only since the Second World War that many women have become the providers for their families. My own mother was a stay-at-home mum. She felt very powerless over my father, who she experienced as having all the control. As a result, the war in their union was always about money. She never really got to grips with money management. By default, I didn't get the memo either, so I've had to learn a lot the hard way. Given the financial stresses and pressures in the world today, and my own wounds around money, what it has signified and symbolized throughout my life, I'm grateful to be having this conversation with Alex about her hero's journey on the topic, and the role intuition has played in supporting her to create a six-figure income in her own business. So Alex, welcome to the podcast. I'd love to hear about your experience with getting to the point where you offer and facilitate women around their money journey as a lot of women experience. And what I didn't expect was, you know, you can work and work to get the money, but then what you don't necessarily know is that once you got it, there's even more tension. There's even more Mm -hmm. decision to be made
1: yeah yeah. I'm looking forward to sharing that. and you know, and I think it's about it's about the the sense of feeling empowered to create whatever you need financially in your life and feel I've heard, oh, I can't remember the name of the woman. There's a really good book called The Soul of Money. And she says she talks about coming into a state of sufficiency. You know, so it's it's about that sufficiency and that resourcefulness and that um empowerment of of knowing that, you know, you have you have resources to to generate what it is that you need and support the life that feels aligned to you.
0: Yeah, I think money is one of those places where it touches the deepest wound around powerful or powerless. Um, I know in my own history and upbringing that was an area for my mum. She really grappled with. You know, my dad controlled the finances. She was in a powerless position in relation to that. So when we're dealing with money, it's where everything shows up. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
1: survival—it hits on our survival. You know, needs in a couple of ways it hits on the survival need that you know for our food and shelter because money is now what represents us just having those basic needs in our lives but it also plays a be- really big role in belonging you know and one of our survival needs from our primitive selves is to belong in the tribe otherwise if you get kicked out you're going to get eaten by a lion and money represents that, you know, in terms of can you keep up with the people around you? Can you, um, you know, can you afford the experiences that they're having? And and it
0: totally ties into that belonging survival as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when did you, I mean, I know from your story that you had this corporate career and you were we, really well remunerated. And so money probably at that point didn't seem like much of an issue to you. When did you first like hit the wall with money?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So money I had, I'd worked from a pretty young age. I grew up on a farm and I'd always been taught to save. So I always had some money, you know, I was never someone that had a zero bank account. And then when I went into my full-time job, I, as you said, I was well remunerated and, So I just, for my first year, actually, I just didn't think much of it. I just spent what was in my account and I got to almost the end of that year and I was completely shocked to realize that I actually hadn't, I was in no better financial position than I was at the start of the year. And that that got brought to my attention because a financial planner came to town actually and did a session for women so I went to this session and and that was a bit of a wake up for me of realizing you know that I've just got no consciousness around my money so I then actually set up a plan and all these automatic payments of how much I wanted to save into these different accounts for the next twelve months, which I did and what's enabled and if that enabled me to leave my job when I just felt like I absolutely needed to for my own sanity and well-being and take some time out and discover what my true path was and so for the about the first um so I had about forty thousand dollars I think saved at that time and that you know that could have lasted me quite a long time uh but my next kind of wake up was after about six months Uh, realizing I was coming to the end of that money. And I hadn't changed any of my spending habits through that time. You know, I was having my large lattes and getting massages. That was not something I did every day, but, but I did get massages. And I just, I didn't change any of my spending habits. And what I realized is that I didn't know how to. And then I hit this crisis point where I... Had yeah, I'd spent through all of my savings. I didn't have a consistent income yet, and you know I was completely terrified. I never in my life had no money, mm. um, and that was that was my really big wake up call for you know, I this is actually something that's really important to me being able to live a life following my truth, doing the work that I love, sharing my gifts it's actually all completely that's dependent on my relationship to money and if I I can make it
0: work financially Mm. so were you starting businesses at that point exploring different options and also was that contributing to some of the depletion in your finances at that time Yes. So I was taking courses.
1: I was going on retreats. I I took a course in somatic sexology and um, yeah, I was, I was investing in my growth and I had for like maybe four or five months, uh, maybe more like four months, I had started to work on a coaching business because that had just become uncovered is very true for me and I'd had my first clients but I but I didn't have a consistent income I didn't have a structure in my business set up where I consistently connected with new people that would be interested in what I offered I didn't even have a good way or or feel very comfortable actually offering coaching to people Uh, and so, yeah, at this time, it was like, I was sort of just, I was just trying to get started on things and I just, I just hadn't paid attention to the money side of things. And I had, I just had this mindset, which I think actually a lot of people do in new age spirituality sort of start off with this mindset and then probably get crushed at some point, like it did for me, where I believed, or I thought that if I just follow my truth, everything's just going to work out and I don't need to think about it. But what I didn't realize is if you if you have avoidance around an area, if you've got some shadows in an area, if you've also, you're just starting to work through all of the stuff that comes up in starting a business and you don't actually have a business structure, then yeah, you can't expect everything to um magically work out if you're not paying attention to it and
0: tending to it and and doing what's needed for it mm. so you talk a little bit about this on your own podcast the money structure and the business structure would you like to share you know what that is to you how you uh, how you discovered the money uh, the business structure rather
1: yeah the business structure yeah yeah, I th- think that was uh, an unfolding for me through my business journey uh, of realising really the fundamental components that that you have to have in a business. Otherwise, your business is always going to be kind of random. So a consistent way to be connecting with people that are interested in what you do, uh, a way for them to get to know you uh, and build a connection um, and then and then what are what are your off, what's the journey that you take them on? What are your offers in that structure? And and really understanding that, it, you know, it's not effective in a business to just have one product or just have or just have like three kind of random products or um or just have a product that you sell once to someone. But then you've got you've got nowhere for them to go after that. You've got no way to have an ongoing connection with them. So the business structures are just a, are just around what, yeah, what is your structure for each of those things and for that level and for then having an ongoing connection and your you know your highest level that you're serving
0: your customers and clients. So at some point you settled on the topic of money and coaching that you know you probably started trying out a couple of different ways that you might coach people and and then it dawned on you money is my thing what was that moment like
1: yeah it just became obvious so i started off just life coaching and then my coaching became very sexuality focused because i had been on a big journey of that myself i did a lot of study on it i just i felt very passionate about women knowing and learning what I had learned through that process that I just you know I just couldn't believe is is just not more talked about or that I hadn't learned earlier. And then I actually took a break from coaching for I would say almost a year, less than a year, but almost a year uh, and that's sort of a whole nother story about kind of burning out on it and expectations and things like that and then it very naturally, unfolded um, that, you know, that I was helping people with money and I had it built a money management system and, and just people in my life, I was helping so much with it. And then they were sharing that with other people in their lives and coming back and telling me how helpful that was. And it was just very obvious, you know, that I had created something that was very helpful to people. So that's what got me started on money. And then money was my main focus a few years, and and then business became a very obvious part of that. Also, what I had to share around um, business and my, just my own passion for business. I've done so, yeah, just a lot of business training. Uh, and so my work is now more evolved into you know helping people live their true nature and purpose, helping them know and uncover the truth of what they're about, what they're here for, what they want to create, and to, you know, to learn the tools um, and and have a framework to powerfully be able to create that vision. Um, And a big passion of mine in that, you know, through these other building blocks has been, um, you know, helping people create the businesses that they love that's in their heart, in their vision, and also, you know, overcome the limitations they might be subject to in their relationship to money. Yeah you know, cause it's like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's so key. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really valuable and important for anyone, but particularly if you are going to have your own business, you like, you just, you can't ignore it anymore. You know, you, you just, if you're not going to have a regular paycheck, yeah. like you, you've got to actually face all your money
0: stuff. I, yeah. I see that a lot of people's focus is on just, just getting the business up and running. So they haven't even thought mm-hmm. about, the money management side, you know, and I've definitely been through that journey myself of going, okay, now that I have all this income, suddenly, what I didn't expect was kind of freezing around it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's like, it was an unusual response. I remember feeling very numb, feeling very, um, almost nihilistic (laughs) in my relationship Mm -hmm. to money. And, um, yeah and then to have to face that actually it's what you're creating is on you you know it's it's, you're generating Mm -hmm. it so what would you say was your most challenging moment you know the was it when you discovered that you you were at the end of your bank account or would you say there were other key moments for you where you know you faced maybe something insurmountable that you didn't know if you would come back from? Yeah, I think there's probably been
1: a few of those, but one one of them was definitely reaching the end of my savings, not having a full-fledged successful business yet and expecting that I should have, you know, and really feeling like I was failing and things weren't working. You know, I think this is one of the biggest pitfalls actually for people in business is to think they're failing and things aren't working when they are. It's just that their expectations have been out of whack. And that was absolutely the case for me. I did not need to go into full burnout and think that I was failing and, you know, you know it's not going to work for me because I haven't you know worked it out in this amount of time this was just completely ridiculous um so yeah that that moment and I just remember feeling so much fear Mm. and terror Mm. and just like what am I going to do you know I've never been in this position before uh, so that was definitely one of the most uncomfortable moments and i remember thinking you know i don't know if, i don't know if i'm ever going to n- like know or create um know how or create being financially supported by doing what i love but what i do know is no matter what like this money thing is is one of the most important things for me to figure out in my life and so i'm going to do that in the vulnerability that you know, I don't, I don't know if, if I'll ever actually, um, yeah, create what I want. And so that was really my mentality at that point was like, I just have to address this. This is just the most important thing for me to address. And it was around that time, or I guess maybe a bit after that, that I then just, yeah, quit coaching for a bit. Um, and other times, I guess I mean, I feel like there's been a few, um, again, again, probably where, you know, I was having expectations that things should be at a certain level and they weren't going that way. And then just going into like full freak out and shame and, you know, uh, just, yeah, all my stuff. Another one in particular that I remember though, that stands out for me is, is COVID. Um, and, uh, Yeah, at the start of, well, yeah, just a bit into COVID, at the start of COVID, I had coincidentally come back to South Australia and was staying um, in the country there and everything was going into lockdown and my clients that I had were, you know, stopped, you know, they had their incomes cut off. I was relying heavily on in-person stuff. So I was meant to be traveling back to Melbourne to continue doing in-person things, but all that got cut off. Mm-hmm. And that was another moment of feeling like I had no power. I didn't, you know, like I didn't have the ability to bring this together. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm just going to have to resign myself to figuring something else out for my life.
0: You raise a really good point. I remember that moment so well myself. My coaching was in full flow, you know, so kind of in the abundance of my business at that point. And the interesting thing about it is that this, this business kind of was born from really um, surrendering and relaxing. And there was this ease around it all for me, um, which is so different from the oscillation that happens when we don't know about receiving and surrender right we we do this cycle Mm. of work really hard push 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 or totally give up it's it's that kind of swing on the pendulum so you know i'm i'm in this relaxed kind of lovely abundance Mm. and covid comes in and it just it goes straight to some of the deepest fear conditioning i was given in my childhood you know so just to give you a bit of background there, you know, I was told that Armageddon was coming and everybody was going to be killed. And, you know, so for me, this went straight to that. And I remember waking up, you know, two, three in the morning, sweating, having nightmares around the whole thing. And then slowly from it, you know, from the COVID impact, clients going, I can't really continue. This is going on, you know, and thinking I'm never mm-hmm. going to back from this, <laughs> Mm. they relate and I think a lot of people you know the whole world went through that at the same time it's a very intense collective force field yeah it was very intense yeah so how was that in terms of you realigning for your business and what did you do in the interim period
1: yeah so initially you know everyone was going crazy online, all talking about pivoting you gotta pivot, gotta do this and to me, that just just sent me into anxiety like you know it's like everyone's trying to everyone's scrambling what it felt like to me was everyone was scrambling to try to you know make their businesses work and make money and have people in their things and offer solutions to the fact that we were in covid and you know, it just felt like that would just be completely forcing and a fear response for me and and it would and it wasn't gonna work. So I decided to just to just let go and and just let it go and not, not need to do anything. Uh and so I, I actually went off social media for six months. Um and I just I just I just let go and and I let and that's I let myself consider other options and then you know and I I just let everything fall to the ground and it was from there that that things just started to flow like I you know I was off social media and I started to have some um, consistent one-to-one clients you know sign up with me and Uh, you know and I was and I was really doing focusing then on living your true nature and purpose and what you're really about and getting to the heart of that Um, and you know and then I just I had this uh, inspiration for a membership that I had been wanting to do and I I had been actually been asked to, to do it by someone for a while and it just hadn't clicked yet and it was to do sex magic rituals and combine it with um you know money and and your personal power and your career yeah and so uh and so I started that membership you know and I just let myself do whatever I wanted without trying to make a business work you know without like, oh, I need to make it about money. I need to make it about this. It needs to go this way. And like, you know, strangling it. Uh, And I just, you know, and I just let it, you know, keep unfolding and I let myself do whatever I wanted to do. And then I came out with, uh, I, I created a new money course, like an updated money course from my old one. And I had 65 people join that money course, which was Way more than I'd had before in a course, and you know, I just kept being in my heart, being in my truth, and and letting go of the way things needed to be. My fears, like letting go of of, of putting pressure on my business, that was a really big thing. And that and I wasn't able, I was able to do that in this in the situation that I created for myself in South Australia which, you know, in, in Melbourne, I had a lot of pressure on my business, you know, to pay my bills and uh, you know, and I just, and I just let it unfold. And I kept, uh, I kept going back to um, having a consistent income source that would cover my bases outside of it if I needed it, you know? And I remember this one time where I was like, yeah, I actually think I can fully cut that off now, you know, like this is my income for the next few months. And, uh, you know, and then, a, and a couple of months later, I was like, okay, things actually haven't picked up quite as much as I would like. And I don't want to put myself under any of this pressure. So I'm, I'm just going to like pick up some extra income again. Um, and so that's what I did and, and just keeping on going into that vulnerability and, and doing what needed to be done for my vision and my heart, and letting go of how that needed to be done or the expectations. And it just kept unfolding from there. And and, you know, very quickly was much stronger and earning a lot more than I ever was before COVID.
0: Mm. Can you speak a little bit about the difference between, you know, there can there can be the oscillation where we try harder, try harder, try harder, and then give up to the distinction around simply surrendering and allowing. Yeah,
1: so what I find with the the oscillation for me is that there's somewhere I need to get to, you know, like I need to get here, um, and and it feels like I need to get there, and I'm not okay where I am now, and you know, I'm trying to resolve my my sense of you know insecurity, maybe financial insecurity or um, significance or success, and That's what's driving me. Um, And, you know, and so when, when I'm in that, there's a sense of this needs to happen and I need to make it happen. And when it needs to happen and I need to make it happen, I need to figure out how. And I get, you know, and I'm super stuck in my head um, trying to figure out how and make it happen, and so i'm I'm completely not receptive to ideas, to inspiration, um you know to anything from you know my higher self, super conscious. and so um being transitioning into that surrendered state was not like not needing my business to be anything for me or to to look a certain way, or or fulfill certain conditions in order to be okay, you know, like I've, I didn't, of course, have a vision, and there's there's what I would love, but I didn't need it to be that way to be okay, and I didn't need to know how, and I didn't need to know when, and that's what enabled me to be in the surrendered state, and you know, and let it flow, and it, you know, it is it is really vulnerable to be in that state because. You don't know. Like you don't
0: know. It's quite profound, though, as well to choose that because yeah, you know the the tide, the collective tide in society is all around working hard, push push push, Mm -hmm. workaholism. I mean, workaholism is a massive thing that most people never look into because it's noble. It's so noble Mm -hmm. to work hard, and if you're not working hard. You know, I, I mean, I went through this as well, feeling really guilty at certain points that I wasn't really working hard, you know, and I was having these great results, but without all the effort, because my prior life was all about hard work, effort, stress, push the whole way through. So it's quite a thing to realize that there's a distinction in a way of being in relationship with your business and then the impact that can have on your money. And would you, my question would be, you know, because I've noticed that our sexual energy plays into that, not with people. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. sexual energy that we put on other people, yeah, but just being able to harness that as a woman especially within ourselves. Is there anything you'd love to share around that because I know you've been on the journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I do think it's particularly powerful for women in part because it's another area that's there's so much disempowerment there's so much suppression of the energy and it's so taboo Um, and our sexual energy you know in tantra they, they literally call it your life force energy it's your life force it's your creativity and I mean you can create without it but to you know to tap into your sexual energy it effortlessly puts you in your power and your creativity um, and connects you with your genius so that's what I really see the power with it and and your radiant like your inherent natural radiance and magnetism Mm -hmm. you know so so I
0: find it a very powerful thing to work with beautiful yeah So would you let people know, you know, what's the best way? I mean, I'll put your link in the comments, but you have the whole thing on Money Queen. I think it's, is it six weeks or 10 weeks? Six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks. Yeah. So, um, and do you want to just speak a little bit about how you enroll for that?
1: Yeah. So I now have Money Queen set up. um, I professionally recorded it so that people can take it at any time. I used to run it once a year live, but then that's a lot of the year that people don't have access to it. So you can now, um, yeah, enroll to do it self-paced on demand. So all you need to do is go to my website, um, go to in the you know navigation bar, you'll find the Money Queen link, click on that. Um, and then you can read through the information, read through some other people's experiences um, and enroll and you'll get immediate access to the course and be able to um, take that program. Um, and I, I think I'll still be running it periodically live. I don't have the next dates in mind because I've got a couple of other projects first. But yeah, it's a very powerful course. I highly recommend it.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me and coming on to this conversation. Oh, yeah. I look forward to, uh, to our next conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much, Liz. through relationships that we receive the most powerful mirror of our relationship to ourselves and life. So if you're experiencing disconnection, conflict, discord or oscillation in your relationships and are ready to address this now so that you can go on to thrive, join me in my six-week live immersion, Thrive in Relationships, where you'll get out of the cycle of fixing issues and experience creating relationships from a place you love. Visit mavericksmaker.com for the enrollment link and this is in the show notes. If it's your relationship with money that you're looking to transform, connect with Alex. Her link is also in the show notes. If you loved this episode, please share it and subscribe to the podcast to get notified of the next episode. Thank you for listening.